0: Welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutchurch.com. Hey, uh, tonight I want to talk to you guys about, I, I kind of just want to follow up on Pastor Bill's message from Sunday. So if you weren't here Sunday, I'm going to kind of fill some gaps in for you, and then we're going to get going. But I'm going to jump right into it. Something Pastor Bill said that just hit me Sunday morning was, Jesus marveled at only two things, great faith and unbelief. Right? Two totally opposite things. But when you look in the word, it says Jesus marveled, and one of those things was great faith, and one of those things was unbelief. Another thing he said was, Our faith produces God's ability, our unbelief limits him. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to limit God in anything in my life, any area of my life. I want to make sure that God feels he's got unlimited access and unlimited ability to do whatever he wants in my life. But our unbelief, limits God, which just sounds crazy, right? The God, the creator of everything. We have the ability to limit him in our lives. Our unbelief limits God in our lives. Hebrews chapter three, verses 17 through 19 says, now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to him did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief, they didn't enter the promise because of their unbelief. Man, that's crazy to think about. You think you so, so always think about that story when they're going in to the promised land, and and God's promised it, and they know they know that's why they're in the wilderness. They know God's saying there's promised land, but only two guys believed it—Caleb and Joshua. It didn't matter how big the guys were. It didn't matter how big their army was. It didn't matter because they knew God had promised it to them. That's how we're supposed to be. It doesn't matter how big the situation or circumstance in our life or, or how difficult it seems. If we know God's promised it to us, it's ours. Right? We can't, see, we, we can't see it the way that the other spies saw it, like, man, we're grasshoppers in their sight. We ain't got a shot at this. We can't do it. No, no, we have to be the Caleb's and the Joshua's that say, you know what? God promised me that land. That land is our land. So they were the only two in their generation to get to go into the land because simply they believed. They believed. Man, God, if you said it, I believe it. God, if you say it, I, it's mine. Man, you, that, and that's a strong stance, just so you guys know. It's fun to say it up here, and it's fun to say amen or yes, whatever, but I'm telling you, that's real life. If we have unbelief, we will limit God. Our job is simply to believe God, to believe his word, and to trust in it. Unbelief is choosing to believe contrary to God's word. That's what unbelief is. I believe opposite of what God's word says. This could be choosing to believe the masses or your natural senses. This is either choosing like, hey, this is what everybody says. That's kind of what happens. That's how it's going to go. Or, man, you're, you're, you're believing um, your natural senses. Like, man, this just doesn't feel right. Right? And, and I heard it here, and I've heard it so many times as a pastor, but we don't live by our feelings. We live by the word of God. And so you have to be able to say that in the middle of a storm. I don't live by my feelings I live by the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. Be careful to obey all these commands I'm giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations ahead of you, though they are much greater and stronger than you, and you will take over their land. I like how it throws that in there. Though they are much greater and stronger than you, it's still yours. You can't can't see, hey, it's bigger. This is bigger. That's more than I think I could do. You can't ever look at it that way. You have to look at it. Has God called me to do this? Has God spoken to me? Man, is this where I'm supposed to go? Because it doesn't matter if they're stronger, it doesn't matter if there's more, it doesn't matter if it seems impossible. All that matters is what God has said to you. All that matters is what God's word says. That's what matters. Wherever you set your foot, that land will be yours. Wherever you set your foot, He's telling them, like, listen, wherever your foot goes, I got you, I got your back. Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon to the north, and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea. In the He's just saying, listen, it's going to be bigger than you ever imagined. It's going to be bigger and greater than you ever imagined. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you that in this room tonight we hear your voice. God, you remind us of your promises. God, that we, your people, choose to believe your word Man, over our feelings, over what we see with our eyes, God, we choose to walk by faith and not by sight tonight. God, in the middle of the storm, we choose you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Okay, so Pastor Bill's message was love God, walk in his way, and hold fast. So I'm just going to break those down a little bit. First, I'm going to talk about love God. So point number one is love the Lord your God. And here's a verse I'm sure many of you have read, many of you have heard. It says uh, Matthew or Mark 12, 28 through 34. This is the New Living Translation. It says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? That's a big question, right? Like, it's like, okay. Now, right out the gate, hey, Jesus, what's the most important thing we can do? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. I love how Jesus is like, hey, you asked for one, but I'm going to give you two. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And so what I love is, is then it goes on to say, who's my neighbor? And then it's the story of the, of the Good Samaritan. He breaks it down like someone in need, and you have the ability to help, that's your neighbor. Man, anybody down and out, you have the ability to do something, that's your neighbor. Right? Because I think our senses want to go to the dude that lives next door or the people that I work by in the office next to me. And I don't know. He's saying, like, listen, your neighbor is mankind. Your neighbor is people. Our job is to love God and love people. The Bible says everything hinges on these two commandments. Everything Jesus teaches can come back to us making sure we're doing these two things well. So, if I encourage you in anything tonight, make sure you're loving God well and make sure you're loving people well. Because when Jesus was asked what's most important, what's, what's the greatest commandment, this is what he broke it down to. What I love about Jesus is he makes it simple. He didn't complicate it, he didn't say, well, let me go through the Torah, let me go. No, 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 he said this. Love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Man, we love God and we love people. Those are the two greatest things that we can do. The Dakes Bible broke it down a little bit. Here's what it said in the Dakes The first commandment demands complete consecration and obedience of the whole body, soul, and spirit, all the heart, or the innermost being in general. All the mind or intellectual powers consisting of will, intelligence, and conscience. All the soul or the feelings, the emotions, the passions, the desires, and all the strength or body faculties, deriving its powers from the soul and spirit. Everything. Love God with everything. The way you think, the way you feel, the way you communicate. Everything. Let let it be known that you love God by, by, by the way you do everything. Man, I heard in this church, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. I love that statement. Man, how do, I, do I love people well? Do I love God well? Man, am I really giving God every area of my life? I think about that so often. I was literally reading that today, and I thought, okay, God, do I love you with my heart, my mind, my soul? I'm in every bit of who I am. Do I love you like that, God? Because it's fun to read, and it's fun to say, and it sounds really cool. But do I love you like that? That's a question we have to ask. man. Do I, God, do I treat people? Do I, do I love them the way you would love them? Do I have compassion on them? Man, when people are breaking through the crowds trying to get to Jesus, he would stop. He would give attention. He would heal. He would listen. Right? When everybody else is like, hey, back up. Hey, get away. Not Jesus. Let him come to me. Man trying to stop the kids. He said, no, no, no. Let him come to me. Jesus loved different. He loved different. He, he set a phenomenal example. But we have to choose to walk in. Man, I'm just not very friendly. Well, you better change if you know Jesus. Hey, I'm just not, I'm not sweet by nature. Figure it out. Right, like, did you understand, like, when you gave your life to him, you gave every part of your life to him, the good and the bad. Right, your personality, he's going to use it, but it doesn't matter as much as you living like him. Yeah, I don't, I don't tell people about Jesus because I'm really shy. Okay, you're not shy anymore. Right, greater is he who lives in you than he that lives in the world. Like, like I'm hidden in Christ, it's him now. It's not you anymore, it's him. Let him have his way. Right, because I think we make so many excuses for ourselves we got to stop. If we truly believe this Jesus stuff, he takes over. We can overcome whatever personality or obstacle or the way that I was raised or the way that I was taught or the way that whatever. You can overcome all that by Jesus. Because tonight I want to eliminate your excuses to not love God well and not love people well. Tonight I want to make sure that you leave here and you think about the way you treated your coworker, And the way that you treated your spouse. And the way that you treated your kids. And the way you treated the guy at Quetrip. The way you treated the guy asking for money, how we treat people matters. We're a light. We're a light. Like, like here's the, the Bible says we're a city on a hill with the light of the world. You have two choices. You can put it under a basket and no one knows you're the light or the Bible says you put it on a lampstand so everyone around can see. I hope you choose to put it on a lampstand. I hope you choose to be a light in every place that you go. Man, show that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. Show that, man, God has come in here and he's done something. I got an old youth kid, um, man, he got his life on track. I've known him since he was about 14 years old. He got his life on track. And I'm telling you, it is consuming every area of his life. He said, man, I, I said I would never talk about Jesus at work. I can't stop talking about Jesus at work. He said, man, I said I would never invite my friends because they don't know God. I never invite them to church. I got baptized. I invited four of my friends to church and they came. He goes, all these areas that I thought I was going to keep separate from church and all this stuff, I can't anymore. It's like all coming together as one. And I was like, that's the goal. It's Jesus everywhere. I mean, it just reminds me of that verse. That it's, like, it's a fire shut up in my bones. I can't hold it in even if I want to. When he was talking to me, that's all that I was seeing. I was like, oh, yeah, like you've submitted your life fully to God. It doesn't matter that you don't want to talk about it. It's going to come out you're reading it, you're studying it, you're listening to it, you're wanting to know it, you're wanting to understand it, man, it's going to become just part of the way you talk. It's so hard. Like anybody comes to me, I I don't have any advice that's not the Word of God. I don't. I mean, that's what comes out. That's what's supposed to come out. That's what works. If it's not, it's my opinion. My opinion's got a 50-50 shot. The Word of God's got a 100% shot. Right? If I'm going to give you 50-50 odds, I I, I don't know that I care about you that much. I'd rather give you 100% odds and give you the Word of God and say, stand on this. Watch what God does when you stand on this. We gotta stand on his word. Number two is walk in his ways. First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. This is in the amplified. And this is how we know daily by experience that we have come to know him, to understand him, and to be more deeply acquainted with him. If we habitually keep Focused on his precepts and obey his commandments, teachings, whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments, teachings, is a liar. That's a fun word. And the truth of the divine word is not in him. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures his message in its entirety, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. It is completed and has reached maturity. By this we know for certain that we are in him. Whoever says he lives in Christ, that is, whoever says he has accepted him as God and Savior, ought, as moral obligation, to walk and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. I love it because here's what I love about Pastor Bill. He's always caused me to raise the standard in my life. That's all Jesus is doing. Right now. That's all God is doing right now. That's all he's doing. He's just calling us out. He's saying, "I sent Jesus walk how he walked, act how he acted. treated others like he treated others." Man, that's a high calling. I mean, that, that's a lot. Because the Bible says, listen, if you come and you say you're his and you haven't changed anything, you're a liar. It's not fun to call people liars. It's not. Right? But that's, that's what the Bible says. Man, if you come in and you give your life to him and you allow him to begin, that doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. But you allow him to begin to do a work in you and to change you. And people can see that. It's like, oh, he surrendered his life. He surrendered his life. He's willing to give up Whatever. Let me just tell you, you've heard me talk before, I was, uh, I was very gifted in school to talk when the teacher was talking. I don't know if I was born with it or what, but, I mean, it was just always a gift that I had. And uh, I'll never forget, I was probably 11 years old, and my cousin was holding me upside down by my feet, and he's just like, you're such a smart Alec. That's not what he said, but you know, you figure out what he said. Because I always had a comeback, and I, I, I didn't mind putting people down if it was funny like, I always had a word to say. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was like, this has got to be a gift from God. I'm so quick-witted. Like, how do they not think about that? I could just shut people down. But that doesn't build people up. When I got saved, I realized this is not, well, I mean, there's probably a gift to the positive side of that. But it's not a gift. If I'm tearing down, if I'm just, even if it's funny, thats what. <clears throat> that was always my turn. But I'm making people laugh. It's okay if it makes people laugh. It's not okay. It's not okay to hurt people to make others laugh. And so, like, I had to change, God had to change something in me. Because I'm telling you, I wouldn't even think about it. It would just come out of my mouth. I had to begin to say, God, that does not honor you. God, I I don't, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be the person that can just spout stuff off and other people laugh, but it tears somebody down. And so I'm just telling you guys, God changes us. And we have to let him change us. There are things in your life that need to be changed. Your job is just submit it to God. Surrender that area of your life to God. Everyone who makes a a Christian profession ought to walk as Christ did. To be in Christ means that one is a new creature and that affections and lusts of the flesh have been crucified. I crucify the things that don't line up to God anymore. right? Crucified means I've killed it. That's not a part of who I am anymore. right? I'm walking in his ways now. Do you understand? So it's like, man, I'm learning to walk. It's really funny. I saw two kids today. One of them we had in ground crew this summer. He's He's in the junior high program. And his little brother was walking behind him. I thought... His little brother walks the exact same way he does. I mean, it was crazy. And you can see that sometimes with dads and sons. They walk the same. I mean, I'm telling you, I was just like, he walks. It's not a normal walk. It's a funny walk. But I was like, he walks how you walk. Like, did you teach him how to walk? It's incredible. I mean, I could, I could I could, not see his face. I would know it's that kid walking and his little brother just smiling as big as he is, walking right behind him. And I thought, that's all I want to be. I want to walk how God walked. I want to treat people the way Jesus treated people. Did you understand? It's like they can see it in the way you, you serve them. They can see it in the way you speak to them. They'll know you're different. They'll know that God has done something on the inside of you. Man, going back to that, that youth kid that I had that, that, uh, that God's done something great, and it's just crazy because he's like, I find myself inviting people to church, and they're coming. I said, because they can see a genuine change in you. When people can see a genuine change in you, they want to know what's up. What happened? <laughs> what happened? And it, he'd been around it his whole life, but, man, he allowed God to really change his life. He submitted every area of his life. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate their father and walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. Offering a sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrant, be, fragrance. Be imitators of God. Imitate Him. Man, I'm telling you guys, it's just one of these the more time you spend in the Word, the more time you'll start saying it out of your mouth. The more time you meditate on it, I, there's just something about it. It's one of the best things that we do in our internship program, is man, they memorize like 150 verses. And it's not just like, did you memorize it? Yes. No, you got to get up in front of people and you got to say it out loud. Right, because I was probably one of those people who'd be like, yeah, I got it. It's done. Can you say it? Oh, right now? I can't say it right now, but it's in my heart. Don't worry about it. No, like, like right, like, no, no, no. We want to hear it come out of your mouth. Right, that's when it's powerful. Do you guys realize that? Don't just, I mean, if, man, if, that, if God stirs something up in you, let it come out of your mouth. Let your kids hear it. Let your spouse hear it. I mean, let the people around you hear the word of God come out of your mouth, because I'm just telling you it's powerful. It's the most powerful thing on this planet is the word of God. You have to make sure that you activate it. Number three, hold fast to his word. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold fast to confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That was one of the first verses that probably impacted me like I'll never forget, because I used to remember thinking, he who promised is faithful. Because I think I struggle with the promises, because if you don't grow up in a Christian home, people promise stuff and they don't come through. So a promise really feels invalid right? Whether it's your parents or your coaches or your teachers, they'd make promises and they'd break those promises. And so I'm like, what what, a promise is not a big deal. A promise is not a big deal. But when you look at it like that, when God said, when the the word says he who promised is faithful, that changed everything for me. The focus wasn't so much on the promise now. It was on the one who promised. I know God's going to come through. If God's promised it, I can trust because he's faithful to come through with it, right? Like I had to change my thinking that promises people are going to break them. That's what people do. That is what people do. That is not what God does. God is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking an assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Our job is to make sure that we get together and we do this. Right? Pastor Bill gets up. He, he, he stirs us up. Man, the band gets up and they just get after it. And we're just stirring one another up. Why? Because we want to walk in his ways. Because we want to learn to hold fast to his word. Right? So here's what hold fast is. Holding fast, translated as a word that means hold your position or hold your gaze. So that he is holding fast with your attention or with your person. Holding your gaze or holding your position. Holding to the word of life. Right? I'm holding on to this it's just a different, because I think sometimes it's like, yeah, I read my Bible. It's so much more than that. I'm not just saying read your Bible. I'm saying hold on to what you've read. Take it with you throughout the day. Don't leave it at home in that book, and then it's just, that's what it was. It was a good, you can just read any book like that. No, this book, you take that word, and you take it with you throughout your day. I hold it. I'm not letting go of it. This has the power to change me. This has the power to change others. There's healing in this word. There's prosperity in this word. Don't leave it sitting at your 10-minute devotion in the morning. Walk with it. Walk with it. That's God's intention. He didn't give you something to entertain you for 10 minutes. He gave you something to give you life. Every area of your life will be better if you learn to hold tight. You learn to, to walk in His ways. You learn to hold tight to His word. Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labor in vain. He's saying, please hold on to this word. I don't want to run in vain. I don't want to get up here and share this with you, and you walk out and do nothing differently. That's running in vain. I want to come up here and share this word, and you say, man, I don't think I've been holding on to God's word very tightly. Man, I don't think I've been treating people the way I should. I don't think I've been loving but I don't think I've been walking in his ways. Man, I don't know if I love God with every part of who I am. I for sure probably don't love others like I should. Right? I just want, we come up here, we want to challenge what God's doing in you. And we want to pull something great out of you. That's my heart every time I get up here. And what do people need to hear? They got to hear that they got to hold tight to this word. Man, if not, we're running in vain. If you don't learn to hold tight to this, it's just words on a page. Man, let it lead you every step of the way. Hold fast the word. Hold fast to it for faith. Romans 10:17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Hold fast to it for joy. John 15:11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Hold fast to it for freedom. If you abide in my word, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8. Hold fast to it for strength and stability and fruitfulness. Your delight will be in the law of the Lord, and on this law you will meditate day and night. You will be like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that you do, you will prosper. Psalms 1, 2 through 3. Hold fast. Grab those. Man, if you're dealing with any, I grab that word and I, I run with it. I don't let go of it. I'm going to end with this. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one, the only God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your strength, your entire being. These words which I am commanding you today shall be written on your heart and your mind. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with His truths. You shall speak of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand or your forearm, and they shall be used as bands on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Put them everywhere. Put God's word everywhere. Everywhere you go. It says when I lie down, I'm thinking about it. When I get up, I'm thinking about it. When I'm walking, I'm talking about it. When I'm at work, I'm thinking about it. When I'm, when I'm, wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm either talking about God's word or I'm thinking about God's word. So I med- meditate on it day and night. The Bible says I will have success and I will prosper. But do I? Or do I just listen to it on Wednesday night and a little bit on Sunday morning? And like if somebody sends me a verse, I read that. It's got to be more than that. You got to hold tight to this word. I mean, like and dude, just, I, the way they did it, they put it everywhere. It was on their door. You couldn't miss it. Man, they had it on braces. They had it everywhere. It was always with them. And they didn't even have the New Testament stuff. We got the good stuff. Man, put it everywhere. My challenge to you is tomorrow, you wake up, you read God's word, you take something with you. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your car. Man, put it on your phone so every time you open up your phone, you see it. Change it. Do something. Hold tightly to God's word. Quit reading it and letting it slip away. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. We're so thankful for the promises, God, that your word says that you who promised are faithful. God, we choose to walk the way you walked, the way Jesus walked on this earth. God, we choose to love you with every part of who we are. We choose to love those around us. Show us how to hold fast to your word. God, refresh it on the ends. If it's gotten stale in us, God, refresh it. God, that we that our heart's desire is to devour it, God, to, to be in your word daily, to know it, God, to walk in it. God, that we wouldn't be those of unbelief. God, we'd be those of, of belief, God, that inherit the promise. Show us how. Man, God, I think that your word says that we hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. God, I think that people in this room hear your voice fresh and anew. If you're in here tonight and your life's not right with God for whatever reason, maybe you've never made Jesus Lord of your life or maybe while I was speaking, you realized, man, I'm not walking the way I should walk. I'm not loving him. I'm not loving people the way that I should. And tonight, you just want to re-up. Man, you want to give your life to God for the first time or you want to recommit your life. Just a fresh start saying, okay, God, I want to do it that way. I want to love you with all of my heart. God, I I want to shine that light everywhere I go. If that's you in here tonight, can you just raise your hand? Man, I want to give you my life, God. I want a fresh start. God bless you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Man, I want to love like that, God. I want to walk like that. God bless you. Anybody else? Man, just raise your hand. Where are you? Only you know what's in your heart. I think about that all the time. Man, you know what's going on on the inside. It doesn't matter what anybody else You know what's going on. Man, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he the boss of every area, man? Or have you taken back control? One more opportunity. If you just need to get your life right with God, I just need a fresh start. Can you just raise your hand? I'm going to have everybody in here pray. And everybody repeat after me. Everybody say, Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ The Lord of my life, I trust you. My life is yours. Forgive me for the wrong things I've done. And I choose tonight to forgive those who's wronged me. I love you, God. Every part of my life, it's yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand in here tonight. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Guts Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.